Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein. Today on the show, we have the man behind 2001, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, filmmaker Stanley Kubrick, and the author of the book, Jane Eyre, writer and poet Charlotte Bronte. Fascinating talk. Before we get to the episode, guys, if you are listening to this on Wednesday, January 30th, 2019, that means that tomorrow is the last Junior Varsity show of all time. That's right. My improv team, Junior Varsity, is retiring after 12 years, but we have one show left if you're listening to this epi- the day that this episode comes out, and it is tomorrow, Thursday, January 31st, 2019 at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. So if you want to come see us one last time, you got to come to the Magnet Theater tomorrow, Thursday, January 31st at 7 p.m. Uh, don't forget that you can check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique, and hit up my website for all the latest and the greatest. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Charlotte Bronte and Stanley Kubrick only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories dead stuck people. in the heads. You're gonna hear thoughtful from me, and so all these people are dead. My guests in the studio today on Famous Dead People are 19th century English novelist and poet known for such works as Jane Eyre, Charlotte Bronte, and 20th century American film director and screenwriter known for such works as 2001 and The Shining, Stanley Kubrick. Hey, everybody. It's your friends, Um, Stanley Kubrick. Mr. Kubrick, Ms. Bronte, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Uh, So let's start off with um, Mr. Kubrick, if I may. Please call me Stanley. Stanley. Absolutely. I love that familiarity, my man. Uh, so you've had such an incredible film career, uh, Clockwork Orange, 2001, The Shining, Spartacus, Dr. Strangelove, Full Metal Jacket. You've known, you're known for demanding dozens of takes of each shot, whereas most directors are generally fine with like five or six, depending. I'd like to know of all your films, and so many of them are held in highest regard. Were there any moments on your films or shots where you got it done in one? Where you just had the magic on the first take, and you're like, you know what? Nothing else. We don't need anything else. Nothing else matters. Oh uh, yeah. Well, just just to just to backtrack a little bit, um, a little a little bear, a little a little there. Uh, it's oh, just that. Um, oh, Daniel, I've seen this before. What? Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. What was that, Charlotte? I've seen this before. He's he's got the the death rattle in him. No, no. I think he's just maybe a little flustered. I just think. I don't know. This is foreboding to me. <laughs> Understand, Charlotte Bronte. You had a lot of death in your life, but yes, it's loads of it. It's not. It's not as pre- not as precarious of a time that we're living fine. right now. Stanley's so fine. I'm sure he's gonna be fine. Just uh, you know, my um, my Lyft driver. He was uh, he was talking so much mm-hmm. and got me all confused with the words he oh, was throwing I out. Hate a chatty Lyft driver. So chatty. What about uh, you, Charlotte? Do you have any opinions about that? A, a chatty Lyft driver. Well, yeah. all I can say about that is it's just lovely to have any friend in the world. <laughs> That's a really good point. All right, so just for the, for the sake of the survey, Charlotte Bronte, if if uh, you got her in your lift, she loves a chatty. Jared does not like a chatty. 
Stanley Silence, Kubrick please. Does Just not, like you gotta treat like the, you gotta Stanley. treat the car like it's a small movie theater. Everyone, you quiet down. You, you, you drink your like sodas. You eat your popcorns. Mm-hmm. You kick back. You sing that little song to yourself. Let's go to the, the movies. movies. Let's go to the movies. Stanley Kubrick, did you like singing that song along uh, with the? Yeah, and and that's kind of going back to your question. That's what it was about. Mm. Often I would forget to sing that song right before the takes, and that's why I would have to do it. Oh, it was like my good luck charms, oh, you know. Okay. So like it was what I would I would sing that, and that's when I knew this was the takes. Mm, this so, was the takes. So, so my, good, like, my oh sorry, I was just going to share my good luck charm. Oh, you had a, something that you would do before you would write, maybe Charlotte Bronte. Yes, we would every time I would sit down for any sort of creative venture, I would pray to the Lord that if I died and He took me in that moment, <laughs> that I would. I would have a righteous death, mm. and that I would be seated by him. Oh man, this is—I had no idea that all of the sudden and and I'll just like uh, the the dozens of people who were close to you who died prematurely had such a such a morbid effect on you. Of course, it would. Though. That's an insane thing to say. <laughs> well, Why would know. it not affect me? Well, you know, the, you know the expression. Uh, you know, the same hot water. Is the same that you should not drink. <laughs> that's, that's not the expression. That's that's, that's not the, the expression. expression. I had made. I put that sign on all the craft the, tables. The expression goes: the same hot water that softens the noodle hardens the egg. And so, don't ingest this hot water. It for hurts. Some, all right. Well, you know, you can tack that on at the end if you like. Uh, but the point being that some people going through what you went through, and we'll we'll get more into this. Uh, I have. I think the first of question course. I have for you is about this. Um, We'll get more into this, but, you know, it could have gone either way. It could have made you a more uh, flippant and positive person or maybe had the effect that it currently has on you of making you a little bit more uh, scared. uh, scared, To answer your question. Yes. About the uh, the the take. The take that you got it in one Kubrick. It's something my dad used to always tell me. He's like, Mm -hmm. Stanley. Actually, he would sometimes say Mr. Kubrick. Your dad used to call you Mr. Kubrick. You call me Stanley. Interesting. Uh, it, perfection is what makes perfect. Perfection is what makes perfect. That is a... And then he would always a, add... A and then he would always add, don't drink the hot water, Stanley. <laughs> don't drink the hot water. Yeah. I don't know what this weird obsession that your dad had with, with beverages that were slightly too hot to be comfortable. You know, it's just, he, you know, he's being a dad. He's looking out. Mm-hmm. But I guess... The one okay. Oh, sorry, it, I just wanted to clarify something that you said earlier. So, um, the uh, the so you you would sing the "Let's Go to the Movie" song before every one of your takes, every one of the takes. And if you didn't sing it, then you knew you had to redo that take. I had to redo that take. Okay, and are you saying that that's the reason why you ended up doing so multiple many takes? takes? I would forget <laughs> a lot to do that. You know, that a lot of here's the thing about movies, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this about movies, but. There's a lot of stuff going on in movies, you oh, know. Yeah. And as um, you know, like as the king of the movies, um, is what as you know how that's how I refer to myself mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the stage. I'm the king of the movies, king of the movies. And uh, you know, I forgot what I was talking about. 
Sorry, that uh, lift driver really Stanley threw me Kubrick. for a loop. That, okay. I'm telling you, you should be careful. His name is Rodney. <laughs> his name is Rodney, and he was telling me, he was like, hey, is this your first time in Brooklyn? And I was like, it's my first time anywhere. Ooh. You know, as a joke, because, you know, I really wanted to shut him down. That's that favorite, <laughs> that's that famous Kubrick wit right there. I wanted to so, shut yeah. him down. So I, if I had been in your position, and, you know, uh, this, it can't be a good take unless I sing the Let's Go Out to the Movie song. Let's Go Out to the Movie. And I frequently forget to sing the Let's Go Out to the Movie song. It's just I so much just going on. I would have just hired somebody to make sure that I sang the Let's Go Out to the Movie nah, song before each take. You can't. Maybe a local clergyman. <laughs> Maybe a priest, if you will. Yeah, I guess I could have hired a priest yeah. to come. I did, I did hire a priest to come in always to bless the, mm-hmm. the movie set. That was oh, always like good. a thing to do. That's I was always like, good. you gotta make sure to bless this. Um, and, you know, they would come in, they would do, like, a little prayers. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So when did you get it in one, Kubrick? That's oh, what we want to know. So, okay. So what shot yeah, from what? The, he, I have a joke. Oh, Charlotte Bronte's got a joke. Let's hear it. Yes. Um, you didn't get the answer to this question in one, you did you? You certainly did not. <laughs> you have a lot of different <laughs> takes oh, here. I'd love to be in a shared car service with you, Charlotte, right now. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, we mm-hmm. sit there in silence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a, uh, an area where I feel like the two of you might not gel, because Charlotte obviously rec- uh, prefers a talker. I'd love a friend, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, just anybody just to bounce ideas Just a friend to make off. it through the night. Not me, <laughs> I like so, silence. Yeah. I treat my life like it's a movie theater. Stanley wow. Kubrick. Let's get into it. Clockwork Orange, 2001, The Shining, Spartacus, Doctor Strangelove, Full Metal Jacket. Did any of the shots, any of the famous scenes from these movies, did you get it in one? Did you ever yes, shoot one? Yes, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, in um, uh, Clockwork Orange. Ooh, Clockwork Orange. Um, that uh, right when the, uh, the, the credits, you know, it says on the screen, a Clockwork's Orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. One take. Wait, you're saying the the end credits? Mm-hmm. Or the very at the, end at the, the very end, end when I have the title come up, Clockwork Orange, one take. Are you saying Clockworks Orange? <laughs> Clockworks Orange. <laughs> the famous books, Clockworks Orange. Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah. He's basically getting it right. Yeah. From Anthony Burgess. Yeah, I'm not I'm not hearing any problem. I'm not hearing any issue there. Um, it must it's just my, be... my strong uh New York's accent. <laughs> oh. So you're saying that that the the only sh- thing that you ever filmed that you got in one was the title card for the movie The Clockwork Orange and not even the main title card the one at the end of the, the movie credit, yeah the first one was just real said... tricky it was real windy that day <laughs> had to do a I lot used of different to ha- I had because back in the day not like today where everything is CGI mm-hmm. uh, when I did it I used to have uh, I used to hire uh, people uh, like like the priest to come mm-hmm. bless, and then I would reach out to all the orphanages and like, can I borrow some oh. of your young boys and your young children and oh. your young girls? I need them to hold up letters. Terrible. You need them to hold up letters mm-hmm. for the credits. For the credits, <laughs> it would hold up each letter of the movie title. Uh, this had this for Clockwork Orange. I remember is real blustery. Full Metal Jacket. Oh, that was a sad one. We lost a full orphanage. You lost a whole bunch of orphanages. Oh my, full metal a full ja- orphanage. Lost- yeah, they, holding up yeah, letters for the credits uh-huh, for Full yeah, Metal Jacket. Yeah, it's just. It, it was it was windy. Also, it was rain. It was monsoon season. Mm-hmm. And, Why uh, did you put those children in danger? Well, you gotta, you gotta put you know, you gotta letters. Do for, you know this. You gotta do I, it for the arts. Yeah. No, well, sure I you... certainly don't have orphan children holding all the letters. Well, in my no, you book. have you have the page to yes, do that. Have the but page. in in cinema, yeah. in cinema, the canvas is the world. Yeah. I, so you as need... king, I suppose I'll defer. Yeah. Yes, of course. It's, you know, the, and and, and I, 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 once I'm on stage, you, know, you can't really say no to the king. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can't That's really true. say no to the you king. Can't say no to the king. Uh, let's move over to uh, Charlotte Bronte for just a moment. Hello. So you are obviously one of the 
three Bronte sisters. Well, there who, were dozens of us. Well, yes, uh, uh, but the ones that ended up being notable writers. Yes. You know, there were the three of you. Yes. There were six Bronte children total, though. And of the six of you, all of you died of tuberculosis or oh, similar respiratory illnesses. Two as children, three in the early 30s, and you at 38. You were the longest surviving Bronte. Well, I was the longest surviving Bronte, but there were dozens of us. Oh, oh there were more than that? There were dozens. Oh, that's I didn't know that. That's, that's, yeah, a, that's a real shame. One Bronte child for every take that Stanley Kubrick would require yeah, for a, one of his films. Almost, almost half the alphabet your family could have held up. If I mm-hmm. was to make a movie title with 12 <laughs> letters, your family could have helped out. No, we couldn't have held up letters. It was very frail. Now, here's the thing. Like, a lot of the Brontes died from tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. No. Oh, sorry. What? No. Oh no. What happened? No, I don't know why people say that. They just assume, I suppose, because they died with blood in their mouths, that they were <laughs> suffering from from tuberculosis, or we called it consumption. Consumption, oh. of course. So that I think there was a you know Lost in Translation, which is uh, one of your movies, right? Mm, no, no, no. It's oh not. well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter anyway. But consumption Lost... that reminds me of my uh, my driver. He was eating a hoagie in the front seat, and he kept telling me about. Oh, it. I hate that. Well, that's really closer to the <laughs> truth. Yeah, that's closer to the truth. Ooh, tell us about it. Well, we were a circus family, which most people don't think about because we were so we were so small and shy about it. But Interesting. We would, mm, and we would eat things for people to watch, and okay. some of the things we ate were very dangerous. And I was the only one with a brave enough stomach to to handle most of it. Your stomach was so brave. My stomach was very brave. All the other stomachs were too scared. They were too scared. Well, it's very scary. You know, we'd eat things like brooms Mm. and, you know, um, hot pokers. Oh, yeah. I I once gave some of the orphans nails to eat. Well, oh, really? Some of them may yeah, have you have been some nails and some hot water. Stanley Kubrick, why did you have? I mean, it's cruel enough that you're making these orphans hold up the letters so people know what cruel. movie they're watching. Cruel. I was why giving them you, a job. Why did you feed them, them nails, Stanley Kubrick? It was just, you know, t- the world is tough. <laughs> okay. They're orphans, and I needed to, you know, I needed it was a to learning get, experience. Yeah, and also thing. like. I didn't want anybody holding up the letters and not meaning it. You know, mm. you, you, you do a movie like uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a comedy. No, so no. If you're holding right. up letters. I didn't laugh once during that entire picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, I keep telling people, a lot of people are like, this is, this is a comedy. This, like, this is hilarious. Yeah, All those was... early monkey men fighting each other. Oh, that is great. Yeah. All the screaming and stuff like that. But anyway, so. Uh, I find this very interesting, Charlotte Bronte, because from what I read on your Wikipedia, it seems like your family was a little bit more uh, religious. I believe your father worked for the church, but you're saying mm. that you guys were actually circus performers and that your act was eating various things. Well, it was a very religious circus. It was all Ooh, about... religious circus, okay. Yes, it was about the, the cardinal sin of um, gluttony. Mm. And oh. so this was a, it was a lesson to it's children. A metaphor. It was don't eat. Too much children <laughs> watch these wicked children eating. Mm, and interesting. So, you know, we would eat horrible things. Mm, you said a hot the, poker was one of them, right? That was that was a hit. That was a hit. The hot we poker did that one. one loads of times. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, they loved. Well, the crowds loved it. I actually think it had the opposite effect. You know, people were encouraged to to eat poker because oh, you think we it, made it look great. Oh, then people instead of being swayed by this, they were like, maybe I could be a famous hot poker eater one day. Sure, until we, we started dying. Oh, we wow. had the same problem after uh, um, the Shining. After uh, the Shining. After the Shining, people kept nobody knocked on doors anymore. They just took axes to doors. <laughs> 
And that's how they introduced themselves. It was Jack Nicholson made it look so cool. And I told him, you know that you know that scene took three years to film. Three years just to film that one scene. I yeah, I couldn't remember that jingle for so long. The uh, let's go out to the movie. Let's go out to the movie. Wow. I, you know, I was it was it was cold. We filmed now, on location. Here's the thing. Famously, Jack Nicholson improvised that line. Here comes Johnny when he chops his way through the door. Well, that's because that's it was so long that he had changed his name halfway through filming the movie. <laughs> Because, you know, as an actor, he was like, no, I, I don't want to be Jack anymore. I want to be Johnny. Mm. And so we're like, okay. Ooh, okay. And so the filming of the movie had a real psychological so effect real on fact, him. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. 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 So did he say other things, like in the three years that you were filming just that one shot? Did he say other things when he poked his head in through the door? Yeah, there was a lot. There was one time where he was like, roar, I'm a T-Rex now. <laughs> And I always kept right, that one. I always kept good. that one because you know it was honest. It was true to character. Where in the in this three years that you were filming this one shot? It was the first take. That? It was, was the first thing. <laughs> so you're like, you know what? It that was, was the first thing out of his mouth. Pretty good. Yeah, I was like, let's oh, just get a couple oh, more yeah. for safety. Yeah. Well, then... no, I didn't sing the song. I didn't sing the jingles. I was like, oh, I see. I was like, I want, I want to curse this film. Gotcha. Everyone in this film has to continue to grow on to be anything, perfect stars. Uh, anything else? Any other? Any other famous? Jack Nicholson lines when he was coming through oh, that coming door. Oh, coming through the you... door. Yeah, there yeah. was a, there was a couple. There was one where he was just like a one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, <laughs> rock, five, six. <laughs> he was just doing the Happy Days theme for a little bit, and that was that was cute. How far along in the Happy Days second theme take? Did you get? That was the, immediately. I thought. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no! Please. I thought that the Happy Happy Days theme song was Mondays, Tuesdays, Happy Days, not. Listening times today. <laughs> one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. Well, rock. you know, I think a lot. Jack, Jack was going through. I think he was probably going through a divorce. Also, well, he was looking at. A, he had. He, he was really big into watches. We're just talking and, about. Also, Charlotte Bronte. We're talking about the the theme that we know from syndication. But yes, like yes. when it was originally being broadcast, <laughs> there were a lot of different Happy Day yeah. songs. Oh, well, I, sure. think, I think there was during one the, o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock rock. AKA Happy Days. Happy that was days, one of them. Yeah. I think, you know, again, the scene took so long to film that the theme song may have changed. Oh, and it changed I think, so many times. Yeah. Same thing happened with Dawson's Creek. They changed the intro music yeah. for one of the seasons. And I, of course, was very disappointed in this uh, for obvious reasons. Because it what was. What was the song? Hmm? What was the song that they switched it to? Oh, they, well, I don't, see, that's the thing. It's like nobody remembers the song they switched it to for like one season. Was it the, uh, the Verve, uh, the Verve, um, mm -hmm. the Verve's, uh, Freshman? You know that song? Uh, I, 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 I can't remember it. I, I know it. Yeah. I love that song. Was it, um, Swing Low Sweet Chariot? It was not Swing Low Sweet Chariot. Oh. Does anybody remember that Verve oh, was, song that was so popular? Was Verve? it? Yeah, yeah was the Verve. It, the freshman, that was the song. Oh. That's Verve Pipe. Yeah, the, that one. Oh, Verve Pipe. Yeah, I don't know it, that song. Uh, was no. it um, uh, What's My Age Again? No, it's not What's My was Age Again. Was it The Drugs Don't Work? If oh. anybody knows, call in. We will take your calls. We will we will, we'll accept your suggestions of what the song was if you know. That's a good bit of a little trivia there. Uh, but I wanted to finish up with Charlotte Bronte about, mm. so you have dozens and dozens of siblings. They're mm. all dying because you're being forced to eat Awful things in these stage shows. Yes. You managed to live until you're 38, of course. Mm. And so did you die of tuberculosis or was it another eating mishap or something else entirely? Um, so <clears throat> I woke up late in the night and I was sobbing as I do over mm. over my fallen dead ones. And I thought, <laughs> oh, this eerie. I just wanted to 
feel like I was with them again, really. Mm. So I took out my, my husband's toolbox. He had a great big one. And I just started eating the tools. Oh, for like memories, mm. like nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was really beautiful, actually. And then one of those things that you ate was your demise, unfortunately. Well, yes and no. What what really happened was my husband came down the stairs and he was like, what you doing? And I, I went to answer him as I was swallowing a screwdriver. Oh, was, that, was your husband a chimney sweeper? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, he was. I believe so. Yes, he's like, what you doing? And he used to call me Mary Poppins. <laughs> and so and so you're eating the screwdriver. I was eating a screwdriver. Which, it went way... down the wrong pipe. Oh, no. Mm. You're a professional. Mm-hmm. You've done this a thousand mm-hmm. times. You took me by surprise. The only reason why you died is because your husband asked you, mm-hmm. what are you doing while you're in the process of eating a screwdriver? Yes, and I was trained to answer someone when they ask you a question, so mm-hmm. I had to respond. Was that? I mean, that's just like something that was, of the time, that was something they forced every woman to do, right? Yes, like, you had to You right away drop whatever you were doing. You could be mid-childbirth, and if someone <laughs> asked you, what is two plus four, you had to answer, and correctly. Oh, mm-hmm. this, that sounds good. That's like, that sounds that, good. That's kind of like, how, that's kind of like how I when I when I you know when I directed movies. That's the kind of uh, attention uh, that I required. Mm, you know, I understand. I, I got a, I got a question for uh, a shot. Oh, here. before you ask this question, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century American film director and screenwriter Stanley Kubrick. Hey, it's your friend Stanley Kubrick and 19th century English novelist and poet Charlotte Bronte. Hello. Now, what was your question going to be, Stanley? Well, I was you know you you said that your husband, the chimney sweep, used to call you Mary Poppins, and then I was like. Oh, is this a weird, uh, you know, you know, you know, like was it a sex a, thing? A is that sexy thing? Because you know, I made a movies about <laughs> sexy things, and I'm just wondering if no, uh... no, we never had sex. Wow, me and my husband, you never Whoa. had sex? No, is it no? Huh. I didn't want to. It wasn't a fun. It's not. Fun. Sex yeah. isn't fun. No, who did you die you? a virgin, Charlotte Bronte, or had you had sex and you knew you didn't like it, and so you told I just your husband? Assumed no. it wasn't fun. You just assumed because nothing it else I had done <laughs> at that point had been enjoyable. Mm. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. I, uh, you know, talk about multiple. T- you know, an eyes wide shut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sex scene with Tom Cruise and Nicole. I had to cut that because um, Tom Cruise is short. He's, he's very tight. He's a tidy man. Uh, no stamina. He really. No stamina. Yeah, he he, uh, he would dump real quick. He would dump, dump. real quick. <laughs> yeah, he would. Uh, so yeah, he would scream out. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. You're trying scream. to try to film the sex scene. Try to film a sex scene. And obviously, scene. you need him erect for this because <laughs> yeah. obviously, his chops yeah, not yeah. gonna work. It's, it's very important when, uh, to me at least, when I was making that movie that I wanted him. I was like, I really want you to feel like. You're in this mm, sex party, yeah. so everybody should be having like Caligula like sex on. Uh, so, but he, um, yeah, he would be uh, a couple of pushes in there, and he'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the noise Tom Cruise made. When Tom, he yeah, yeah, just a little peek behind, like the, a like a sassy. <laughs> Like a sassy waitress. Mm-hmm. He would say, mm-hmm, and then he would do two quick snaps with his finger, and then he would be, uh, he he'd, just... be he'd go into the trailer and take a little nap. <laughs> so, and then he dumps, as you so yeah. eloquently put it. That's, uh, that's movie talk. He would that's, t- movie he, talk. that's how you talk in the movies. Let's, uh, let's go back to uh, Stanley Cooper for just a moment here. So you were born and raised in New York. You went to public school in the Bronx. Yeah, PS uh, 123. Uh, your IQ was tested when you were 10 years old, and you were found to have above-average intelligence, but your attendance at school was abysmal. Uh, you ditched school 56 days in your first term alone. So this was 1938. 
Uh, you're 10 years old. What were you doing instead of going to school? I'll tell you what I wasn't doing. If anybody asked, I was definitely not trying to heat up water and drink it. <laughs> because I don't understand what this fascination is. I've never had tea before. Yeah. What is the problem with, with heated water, of Stanley Kubrick? Of all the Kubrick? many things that can kill you. Yeah. Yes, uh, of which Charlotte probably, Bronte is unfortunately yeah, very well acquainted. Very well. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just saying, there's another thing to watch out for. You know, sometimes somebody puts a little... Uh, you know, a little uh, thermos on a, on a on a table, and you're thinking, "Oh, I got I'm so thirsty. Can't wait to have a cool sip of some water." Mm-hmm. Turns out, some scalding. It turns out, out it's hot water. <laughs> and oh boy, it's oh not boy, not just lukewarm. It's just real Is hot. Is your tongue a little uncomfortable for a couple hours? Oh, it hurts. My dad, is, my dad said you could kill it's you. It's not that big. It can't, he, I, he I said suppose. He said yeah. hypothetically. Gran- that's how my grandpa died. My grandpa died because he was he was drinking hot waters. He drinking hot waters. Yeah, and he tried to. He, Gave, uh, gave my grandma a French kiss and then she died because <laughs> he transferred over some, some of that hot water, water over there. into her mouth. So it's real tragic. I, I, so I, both I our loved ones died from mouth-related wow. injuries. Wow, mm, yeah. That's right. Mm. Oh, well, you had also said that in your, uh, um, your quote on the Wikipedia saying that the school that you went to, you and your siblings went to, was mm. kept in such poor maintenance that that was the reason why so many of your siblings had died also. Like maybe there was... Um, you know, it was too drafty or too or too wet, you know, oh, and it was, yes. it was easy to get illnesses that way. Well, because it was drafty and wet, you can imagine that any of the metal things we were instructed to eat were rusty or, oh, yeah. or you know, in disarray. See, it's a it's a del- it's a del- delicate you really way of there. Do you have a favorite? What was your favorite? Thing? Three favorite thing what to eat or favorite? favorite? What was your favorite metal? What did you have like a, you know, oh. a, a screwdriver. Well, you, uh... brushed steel was was a little easier on the. Uh... Brushed steel. I can see that. That you seems know, a little easier it's, to eat. It's just a little smoother. Mm, goes down easy. Mm. So yeah, you're saying you don't drink hot water. Don't. Nope. Don't drink hot water. So when you were a kid, ditching school all the time, what was it that you were getting into? What was it that you needed to get away from school to go do at ten years old? Oh, you know, I was. Um... I was making movies. You were making movies. Yeah, I had a little. Uh, At ten years old, I, had, I used to take, uh, you know, um, the paper towel. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, uh, put paper a little, towel roll. Yeah, yeah, paper towel roll. Put a little dryer sheet on top of it, mm-hmm. uh, rubber band, and then um, that was my cameras. That was your camera. Oh, and I would okay. uh, walk into uh, anywhere I could go. I would just go in and be like, "I'm filming. I got this on films." And you know wherever that took me, supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, under, sometimes I go into subways. Mm, uh, okay, you know, girls' locker room. I was just filming everything, anything I can get. And know. I'm sure everybody was fine with it because obviously that film isn't being caught anywhere. So you could film whatever you wanted, and people would be like, "Wink, wink." Okay, that's adorable, Stanley Kubrick. Well, get out of here with your fake little, little but yeah, cardboard but then, camera. Then I would go home, and then I would write it out. That's... And you'd write out what happened. Yeah, then I would write out exactly what happened, hmm. uh, and then I would, uh, you know. Uh, I would ditch school, and then I would go to a street corner, and I would just uh, stand on a little soapbox, and I would just read. And you read, just read what I, happened. I read out my movies. It must have been wonderful to read and write in, in public and not have a man come up to you and tell you to stop. <laughs> oh, it's a real joy. <laughs> One of the real joys of my life. Was that some of the some of your early experiences as a writer, uh, oh, Charlotte yes. Bronte? You mm. would try to do it in public, and a man would just come up to you and say, stop that? In public or, you know, in my um, in my chambers or... Really, anywhere, you know, if if a man would come up to me and see me doing it, he'd say, stop that, stop that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's real royalty. Like a king would do that. Yeah. Well, no, back then, any man could tell a woman just to stop whatever she was doing. And, and if and... he asked you a question, you had to stop it and answer his question. Oh, that's tragic. Mm-hmm. That's real tragic. Yeah. So was there, did you have any strategies? Because I know that you and your sisters would write quite a bit. Mm. 
Uh, and in fact, you guys had a little magazine that you sort of published in your house called Branwell's Blackwood Magazine, mm. uh, where you created imaginary kingdoms and you would make up tales from the imaginary lands of Angria and Gondal. Uh, and so you guys are all writing these stories in this uh, in this in this home published magazine. How was it that the that you were all able to get this writing done if at any moment Mm -hmm. Uh, A man could and at sometimes would burst in and just say, stop that, stop that, women, stop writing. Well, um, and I'm going to ask the Lord's forgiveness here because it was deceit, but we would take some of the... the beards from the circus because there was obviously a box of beards. Of course. It's and a circus. It's a circus. Yeah. Well and so known. we would put on the beards and we would pretend to be gentlemen. Oh, wow. And it was okay. deceitful and wicked and it's probably why most of us died horrible deaths. Oh, this really... <laughs> you, I, I swear, I, uh, your life sounds so much like Eyes Wide Shut to me. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I'm a lot of sure dressing how. up. A lot of dressing well, up. Stanley Kubrick, have you seen Eyes Wide Shut? I've, I saw the dailies. <laughs> okay. You know, I would see it and I was like, this is good enough. <laughs> All right, that's fair. No, I, I don't this think is good. So, so Charlotte Bronte, you're saying that because you and your sisters would put on beards and pretend to be men so you could get your writing mm. done, that God punished you by killing off everybody that you knew and loved, including family and friends. Well, I really only alluded death once I stopped the charade and really was writing under my name as a woman. Oh, so the so it was almost like Final Destination, like you were constantly dodging death until you took the beard off? Is that what I, you're saying? I can only imagine that it was right around the corner at every time. <laughs> oh, I see. But yes, you know, my my sisters, they had they had male personas that they wrote under. And mm. It wasn't until years later where everyone was like, okay, they're dead now. We can say they were women. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, we're going to have to take a break very shortly, but I wanted to ask you, besides wearing the beards, were there anything that you and your sister did to, besides, of course, you had your pseudonyms, mm. of course, uh, but besides the pseudonyms and the beards, were there mannerisms or behavior that you and your sister would do in order to sell the idea that you were these male writers and that you could get away with continuing to write your stories? Mm, yes, we would ask questions like a man. Mm. So if a man came up to us and said, what are you doing there, woman with a beard? I would say, do you know the uh, the speed? Question, which- I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they, they would walk up to you and say, excuse me, woman, woman with, with a beard? beard? Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. and we had to disarm them with our mm-hmm. quick wits, and so we would ask them interesting questions, and they couldn't help but answer because mm-hmm. they wanted to prove that they knew a lot. You know, you what was the question shown... you were about to, to tell us about? Oh, do you know the speed of uh, the prayer of a righteous man? The speed of the prayer of a righteous man? Yes, because a righteous man can pray very quickly. Of course. It's true. That's how they, that, I, you know, they bless the movies. That's My how they get their it. prayers up to heaven so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that the men were so stunned by these questions yes. and it was a challenge to their masculinity to know the answer. Their, their masculinity and their piety in that particular case. Of course. Because, you know, if you answered incorrectly, that just goes to show you were a slow prayer. <laughs> of course. Uh, so you're saying that that was the way that you were able to transform yourselves from just being obviously women wearing beards, doing writings, yes. into actual men to deceive them. Absolutely. Wow, that's an incredible story. Unfortunately, we've got to take a short break, uh, but we'll be right back with Charlotte Bronte Hi. and Stanley Kubrick. Your friend, Stanley Kubrick. On Famous Dead People, stay with us. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People. 
Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast welcome back to famous dead people on radio for brooklyn famous dead people the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions i'm your host Jarrett berenstein and we are here every monday at 3 p.m on radio free brooklyn my guests in the studio today are 20th century american film director and screenwriter known for such works as 2001 and the shining stanley kubrick hey it's your friend stanley kubrick and 19th century english novelist and poet known for such works as jane eyre charlotte bronte hello uh so before we left we were talking about um uh the way that uh, you and your sisters were getting around mm. being writers yes. you know you had your uh, your suit your wickedness we also had your pseudonyms mm. uh your pen name was Currer. Yes. Isn't that right? Curer. Curer. Well, that was how we said Curtis back then. Curtis. So okay. that was a boy's name. Mm. That's almost like the, because uh, Jack Nicholson, that was one of his, He would when he bumps through the door. He would say. Curer. So that was one of the times? Yeah, because he was, do- he was doing uh, animal noises. And, At that uh, point, he was doing animal and noises. And then he was, that was, he said, he's what a. What animal seagull. makes that noise? King Curer. seagull. Matt, I think he said it was a, a king seagull, which is a, a large <laughs> seagull. Okay, so just, it's just a to... contrary to popular beliefs. And I, I told him I was like, I don't believe you, but he's like, it's not a mythical creature. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I believe it's it. A big old seagull. So just to just to uh, uh, catch everybody up, the different things that Jack Nicholson said while bursting through the door on the set of The Shining in the three years it took you to take this one shot, uh, the various four, happy it days. It took us four years. Four years. Yeah. You said three. Before. Yeah, I thought you said three years before Stanley Kubrick. Well, I don't. It was, uh, zero is the first years. In, when you're directing, when you're directing a movie, you start at zeros. It's true. The first year wasn't zero. The first year was one. Yes. So you start the century at 2001. Or, you know, sorry, the millennia at 2001. Yeah, it's cetera. real basic stuff. It's they teach you this. Stuff. They teach you this in film schools. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, so four years. It was the Happy Days themes. It was Look at Me, I'm a T Rex. Uh, it was Currer, which he said was the, the sound, an, the sound yeah. of a king uh, seagull. Yeah. Well, he, he that's what he said. He busted the door and he says, uh, "This is the sound that a king seagull makes." And then he said, "Currer." So, and that then is I terrifying. said, I, at that point, I had to stop him. And I was like, uh, "Jack, uh, is this is this seagull? It, ta- it speaks English first before it goes into a sound." And then that was like a six month delay right there because then we, we just you know, come into work and argue with each other. Yeah, we argue. He, he retreated mm. back into his trailer. He mm. was like, he he uh, a different sound before he went through. Not like the Tom Cruise's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is catchy. Apologies for that little technical issue there. 
Uh, so you were saying that um, yeah, a lot of stars. Sometimes been... Jack Nicholson would would climax while he was doing this door shot, and that's how you were able to. I think this is a terrible thing to talk about. Get that information. But, you know, a lot of people that I call, you know, the IMDb's, the IMDb's people, they love this stuff. Yeah, they, people they, are they, fascinated. They put it in the trivia section, and I, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, you know this. You're an artist. You wrote. <laughs> you know, I'm sure. Uh, what's some trivia that uh, about what your writing process is when you were trivia? Yeah, like um. Well, we uh, learned you, about you, the, the the fake beard. Yeah, but like when you were like in the midst when you wrote a sentence, did uh you know oh and, like did somebody ever say hey uh, Shelley you want some orange juice? And no, then, no, but I would um, thank the Lord if, uh, well, first, if it was good, you know, and second, thank you for sparing me uh, so that I had time to write this. So if there was a, 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 a internet movie database for, for books under the trivia section, it would be like, after every sentence, Charlotte, Charlotte brought to you. I would drop <laughs> to my knees and thank God. <laughs> Wow. It's no wonder that you were only able to produce, uh, I think it was three books and a three collection books. of poetry. Yeah, I don't know why mm-hmm. I get... So I, much I, of your time was wasted in praying and thanking God. I wouldn't say wasted because That's if true. I wasn't thanking God and if I had died, you, you'd you get one book twice. That's right. You, you know, might have tops. died even earlier than I 38. I mightn't, I mightn't have made anything. Mm. So I feel like a lot, you know, a lot of people look at Stanley Kubrick as this uh, eccentric director, but I feel like, yeah, you know... Nothing I'm doing is any um, different than maybe what you were doing. Well, I mean, it's all... eccentric. Mm, yeah, I mean, what she was doing was to spare her life so that she could continue to create her art. Well, I know? think it was eccentric in the sense that I don't think like Shakespeare was sitting and praying after every sentence. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Or we don't asking know. if somebody could know. give him some orange juice. I had him on the show. We didn't talk about that. I feel like it would have brought it up if that was something that he did do. So I think we can Trust assume. Me, he was praying. <laughs> he was praying too. Yeah, he was praying. Mm, so in your certainly. view, mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte Bronte, a person who lives a certain amount of time only gets there from praying from praying mm-hmm. to not die if your prayers are good that's fair <laughs> they have to be good yeah. prayers, they have to be good I never prayed so you're saying that your your pen name Kerr mm-hmm. was was what we now know as Curtis Curtis yes. uh, or the sound of the King Seagull yourself, makes of course and uh, Ellis was one of your other sister's pseudonyms mm-hmm. um, uh, was that uh, just Ellis you know or was that uh, another well, name that we know it was actually Alice but back Back then, it was a man's name. Alice. So gotcha. Alice was a man's name. Mm, the same way so that, like, Alice, Lindsay, it right. could be a man's name. Yeah, it's no. a girl's Surely. name. Mm. Uh, and then your your third sister, her pseudonym was Acton. Mm-hmm. Acton. Mm-hmm. Is that, did that come from anywhere? Acton. That's Acton. what I would say. Right before the <laughs> they close the slate, and I'd be like, Acton. And that's how honestly, everyone... Honestly, and that's, that's how, what it was. Really? Yes. It yeah. was... It was Act, it was, uh, you know, a, a shortened form of acting. Mm. Yeah, that's... which is what you guys were doing yes. in the beard suit. Exactly. Men. It was, it was her way of of acknowledging her sin of of lies. <laughs> she see. was, her, she was plea- pleading, "I'm only acting, Lord." But that was too long for a pseudonym, so it went to Acton. Mm. I think the Lord appreciates the brevity, definitely. I think so. I'm surprised, Stanley Kubrick. You said that you would say Acton before your takes. Mm-hmm. I would assume that that would you would say that after the takes because you would be describing what just happened. Mm-mm. You would say, "Ah, you gotta get everybody was Acton." No, no, you gotta say it right before so the actors know what they're supposed to do now. Mm. Okay, know? that it's, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of your uh, early work. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. So, oh. 1951, you started self-producing short films. Uh, you're scrounging together whatever financing you could. 
Um, I'd like to run through a few of these titles of short films that you made. And if you wouldn't mind telling us what these movies were about sure, exactly. yeah, of course. Okay, so your short film, Day of the Fight. Mm. Oh, Day of the Fight, that takes me, uh, that takes me back. Okay, so uh, the, the, the story behind that one is real simple. Um, somebody had left a thermos of uh, really hot water on the table. And, and we can't have that. I cannot have that. There's nothing more uh, dangerous, apparently. Uh, my, dad was, no, more dangerous. my dad was real mad, and he said, hey. Mr. Kubrick, and I was like, you can call me Stanley, Dad. He's like, not this time, because I'm mad at you. And uh, he found out that I, uh, he blamed me for putting the hot water there. And he, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, it was the same thermos that my, my grandfather had drank out of earlier that morning. And then he, uh, you know, passed away. Of and course, then, and then uh, kissed his, and then he kissed his right wife, before, your yeah, grandmother. Dying breath, and, he, and she had died. So, yeah, that was, that was what that movie's about. That movie's about... Um, the day that your father confronted you about having a glass of hot water, a cup of hot water. That may or may not have led to the deaths of, of your of grandparents. My grandparents. Was yeah. it the same thermos that killed them? Yeah. Well, you, no, no, no. What do you mean? Was it do you the, say that, that I, was did it I the used the same? That your grandfather drank out of. Was it the same thermos? In, that was in the movies? Yes. Yeah, well, I couldn't, I was, I couldn't afford new uh, props. Yeah. So I had to use what was around me. So that must I used have been very one. painful. Yeah. yeah, was that hard to see the the thermos that you had placed on the table that killed your grandparents every day that you were shooting? No, it was a prop. <laughs> see, you had emotionally uh, distanced yourself. From yeah, it. at that point, you know, once you get behind a, a camera, which you know is an, you know you spend your childhood looking through a paper towel tube, mm-hmm. you show it over the camera, you know, everything's a prop at that point. Everything becomes a prop. What about your film, The Flying Padre? Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, so that originally, I had the idea of um, these uh, cars, uh, and they turn into big old robots. Okay. And then they, you know, they fight other robots. But mm, at the time, okay. everyone's like, "Stanley, you can't. This movie makes no. You can't do this movies. Mm. You know, this is." I can too, imagine at this time, yeah. in our nation's history, yeah. it would have been difficult to. To muster the kind of special effects necessary and to make a just, film like that. And I that. was like, oh, and I and I fought them real hard for the short film. I fought them real hard. You <laughs> Who were you fighting like, for this? The studios. The, so you the, were making these short films yeah. with the studio. Well, the, 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 you know, there's there's the big Hollywood studios, mm-hmm. and then there's short film studios. Oh, I, I just was know that, fought, that yeah, they, yeah, they're based out of uh, um, Omaha. Omaha. Okay. Yeah, they got that's uh, Little Hollywood is in Omaha, and. Mm. Anyway, I couldn't make this movie with the car, so I decided to make one about a priest that could fly. Okay, so you were going to make movies about cars that turned into giant robots and fought other robots. But then this one, he's a priest, he opens up an umbrella, and he just... And he, he flies around in his umbrella. Yeah, he flies around. Oh, that unlike Mary Poppins. Yeah, which one? That's my nickname. Cute nickname it's that your husband gave you. Yeah. Weird that I'm putting that together now and not earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a story about Robots actually. Oh, really? They just oh. never got published. Oh, can we hear? Do you yeah, what happened in the yeah. story, Charlotte Bronte? Well, I didn't get far in it because it made me very sad, but it was a story about um, metal children that couldn't die. Oh, you know, I can see the connection there because it's like you, all of your. Uh, friends and family members died, died from horribly. eating metal. Yes. And so you're like, but if only we were made of metal, then we wouldn't have died doing this. Exactly. I really um, made it hard for myself to get through that one. Mm, it yeah, it's just a little, a little too to on the nose. Yeah. Mm. Now, would you, here's the thing, and this could could have been a really good twist for that story, is 
you know, these these kids are now made of metal so they can eat the metal, mm-hmm. but maybe that's not a good show oh, anymore. Okay, so no, cannibalism. Then, then you're, right, exactly. <laughs> that's not where I was no, going with right. it, that's good. <laughs> he's right, though. It, it, it felt a special sort of sin, a real abomination. Oh, yes. mm. yeah. So that's where that would have eventually gone you know, if you'd be able to finish you know, it. I, I, uh, I start every book with a story tree where I have a little tree of all the branches where the story could go and every single branch ended in cannibalism mm. yeah, oh, Ooh, children. that was my original ending for AI too was cannibalism? Cannibalism, yeah. Would I the wanted... robots eat humans or yeah, well, what? I wanted... eat each other? Well I wanted the little robot boy okay. to eat that little robot bear I thought that was a good ending <laughs> for that movie and then the little children would pop up and they hold the credits up and they would say AI they would say AI? Yeah, that was the credit, you know AI, the little orphan children. I would, this time you they only were, I, needed two. Hmm? You would have only needed two. Oh, but these letters were really big, and I was dropping them from the buildings, and mm-hmm. so the kids had to jump from a window and catch the letters before that's they impossible. hit the ground. <laughs> Not to, no, that's what the, the no, you sound like lie. you sound like the studio execs in well, Omaha. They were, they you know, were they were right. trying to they were trying to silence uh, Stanley Kubrick back then, but I was like, oh no, I gotta make. They I were gotta, trying to I silence. Gotta go, I, I gotta don't go think to they were trying to silence I gotta go you. to Hollywood where they where, where real creators go so, and the real visionaries and where everyone loves you. Wait, so AI was made in Omaha? No, no, no. I said you sound like the people that tried to shut me down uh, okay. uh, when I was trying to make my robot movies. I think that's a horrible thing that you made children well, jump from buildings. I, mm-hmm. I agree with Charlotte Bronte. Thank I you. don't think you should have done that. I mean, you know, this is what you got to do for the yard. How else are you supposed to? Because, you know, how else are you going to get scrolling text if you're not just dropping letters from buildings? Mm. You could have moved. Nobody's mad at George Lucas for when he shot those children in space and had the and the letters from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hours. How else was he gonna supposed to yeah. do the Star Wars yeah, lettering? Yeah, but then, you know, bad guy Stanley Kubrick's here, and I, you know, I'm everyone's friends. That's true. You know, it's always, was, yeah. it's, it's always the filmmaker right in front of us that we end up getting mad at when yeah. it's really it's all true. of them. It's yeah. very true. They I would be just as mad at George Lucas if I had known he shot children well, into space. Mm-hmm. And that's even worse. Yeah, everybody. You name a filmmaker and they've shot children into space. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. all, all, every director that I used to hang out with and even now when I hang out, I hang out with um, Brett Ratner's, mm-hmm. uh, Mick G's. Brett Ratner, I 100% believe, should, shoots children into space. That is not where you should have gone, yeah. no, if you Ratner, can believe it. He's not, yeah, he's not an example tell me, I would follow. Brett tell Ratner, me Mick G didn't Mick, also oh, Mick G did. shoot children yeah, into space. Did. Yeah, he did. He, uh, yeah. Let's uh, go back to Charlotte Bronte for just a moment. So Thank you me. wrote a lot of poems throughout your adolescence. Mm. Uh, in 1836, you're 20 years old. You reached out to a uh, a poet laureate named Robert Southey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, so, sorry, Southey or Southney? I forget, but it doesn't matter. Actin! Uh, you sent him some of your poems, and you asked him in your letter for encouragement. Mm. And I found it surprising. The Wikipedia says that he wrote back and told you in his letter back to you that you were a bad poet and should consider another career. Is that right? Um, uh, yes. Well, first of all, it was, it came to that. But really what the letter said is, uh, it was just a few words. And it said, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you praying? So he didn't actually say, don't be a poet. But it was sort of like the subtext. But that's what it was. I uh, sent him uh, poems. Gotcha. You know, if I had sent him, <laughs> if I had sent him a basket of cookies I'd baked. And he said, why aren't you praying? I'd say, oh, I shouldn't be baking. Mm. I should be praying. See, this gotcha. is where an internet movie database for books would have been helpful. Because had he looked at it, he would have known that all you do is praise. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, well, a person can pray and write. We have learned today. That's true. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. Yeah. So, uh, so if you had maybe written him just prayers mm. that you had 
written. Or if you'd said, he instead of poems, you'd be like, here are some prayers that I wrote. What do you think about these? Maybe his letter wouldn't have been so severe. It's true. Did and you ever write him back? Sorry to interrupt. No, I did. Well, um, no, I sent him a copy of my favorite Bible. <laughs> and that was really more of a sign off, uh, more of a like, sorry. What's your favorite prayers? My favorite prayer? Yeah, what's it? Um, how could I choose? Let me think. Um, oh, I, mean, I know. Now you, I, had a, you had a I favorite medal that you ate, so you I must have, have a favorite yes, prayer. No, I have one. It's uh, the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep prayer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you, I pray can the you? Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I will meet my brothers and sisters. <laughs> hey, yeah, I guess you don't really hear the, uh, the ending of that you one too often. Usually. You always you always hear the beginning of that one. But not really, yeah, okay. If you're wow. uh, just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 19th century English novelist and poet Charlotte Bronte. Hello. And 20th century American film director and screenwriter Stanley Kubrick. Hey, everybody. It's your friend, Stanley Kubrick's. Now, um, let's go back to Stanley Kubrick for just a moment. So you had a lot of success with one of your early features, Paths of Glory. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Kirk Douglas. Kirk. Douglas. You started getting uh, offers to direct. Marlon Brando reached out to you to help adapt a Western called The Authentic Death of Henry Jones. Oh, yeah. That which was... would later be renamed to One-Eyed Jacks, of course. Now, you and Brando worked on the script for six months. And in the end, you left the project. And uh, Brando made the film himself because of, quote, many disputes broke out over the project. Oh, yeah. But the Wikipedia is pretty vague about what that is. Can you describe these disputes that you had oh, with Marlon yeah, Brando? Oh, yeah, it was huge. Okay, first of all, mm-hmm. you know Marlon Brando lives on that island, right? Uh, oh, was he living on the island at the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, and he makes you swim out there. <laughs> he makes you swim. And I, you know, you can't take a boat to the island. You can't take a boat. He wants, because he's like, yo, if you're dedicated, I want you to swim out there. And, you know... He he stands on the shore because you can see it. You can see this from the shore, and he's mm-hmm. just dumping sharks. So <laughs> Marlon Brando, Mar- hmm? use the word. Dump yeah, but this a is a different kind of dump. This isn't like a Tom I just Cruise. To make this sure. isn't Tom Cruise doing a little dump and his wife. We're not talking about Marlon Brando coming. <laughs> yeah, well, he, sharks he, into yeah. the ocean. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> Marlon Brando is not you know you know yeah what you <laughs> what, what I said. said yeah. This is, he's just, you know, he's throwing sharks and stuff, and you're swimming out there, and by the time I got there, I'm tired, mm-hmm. you know? And you're dodging sharks. And I'm dodging sharks. It's unnecessary. And, and, you know, we're sitting there, and, you know, we break bread, and, you know, you know the, the documentary that he did later on, The Island of Dr. Moreau? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a documentary. Oh, yeah, 100% that was a documentary. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's very much what it's like to hang out with uh, Marlon Brando. So Marlon Brando's on this island yeah. where... Where he's got a bunch of people... That he is mutating with... <laughs> Half, half humans, half animals, and a little tiny man that hangs out with him. Of course. And uh, and that was just, you know, it was just not, it wasn't pleasant, you know. That it was like just... the circus. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what? It sounds like the circus. You very much like the circus because, you know, that's what they did for entertainment. They did a bunch of tricks, oh. uh, a lot of uh, trapeze, uh, peanuts, cracker jacks. Mm. Um, uh, what, what religious lessons were they supposed to be teaching people with with? trampolines and cracker jacks oh that was just for fun Marlon Brando oh. he uh he always eccentric individual he used to just sit there uh he'd, he'd have a big old bucket of uh red wines and he would mm. just be drinking it and he'd be just barking out orders oh, and, I guess this wasn't changes I guess this no, wasn't, wasn't one of those religious same. circuses no. like you were in no, no. it's a corruption mm. yeah were there any other um uh stars or uh famous uh uh, directors that you were supposed to be paired with on projects, but that you ended up having disputes with and then had to cancel those projects? Well, yeah, there was a couple of, you know, I was supposed to work with uh, Vanna White, 
with Vanna White. Yeah, I was going to do a story about um, the the woman who turned the letters on uh, uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. She's, she's still, still doing it. it. She's still doing it. God bless her soul. God bless her soul. She's still she's doing a good it. prayer. Well, she, yeah. <laughs> But you know, she's not even turning them now. Now she just walks over and touches them. You know, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and little iPads now. Yeah, got little iPads. Mm-hmm. I was going to work with her. I was going to do uh, a little uh, documentary mm-hmm. uh, on uh, on um, on her. And uh, she didn't like it. She didn't like my idea for. Well, what were your ideas? Well, I really wanted. I was. This is again. Uh, this I was still working on uh, Eyes Wide Shut at the time. So all I was thinking about was you know sex stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, okay. I was like, hey, how about we do um, me. You, a camera, some letters. That sounds horrible. <laughs> but she, you know, she did not, you know, it Stanley never, got made. It never got made. It sounds like this documentary that you were going to make with Vanna White. No, it wasn't a documentary, just work of fiction. Just re- so this, this work of fiction was going to be just you having sex with Vanna White. Is that not the case? Mm-hmm. So that's all it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. And Vanna White said no. She said no, and I was like, okay. So and I dropped, dropped the matter. You're throwing this in the category of a dispute that you had with somebody, a creative dispute. Mark my words, she's very she was on board. Live a she long was time. on board with she was on board with everything, but she just wanted more people in the room to watch. And nice. I was like, oh really? Yeah, that's the that's. Then I was like, mm. This is a private affair. So she was like, no, like, maybe if you get a whole bunch of if people. If you get a bunch of people. Is that where the idea for Eyes Wide Shut came from? That's was, what I said. A lot of it, I was working on Eyes because originally Eyes Wide Shut was very different. Ooh, what was the original Eyes Wide Shut Okay, like? so the original Eyes Wide Shut was uh, is uh, Tom, Tom Cruise's character, uh, high-powered businessman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's got a busy day at work. He's stressed out. Uh, then he comes home. Uh, he sees his wife, gives her a kiss on the cheek, and he goes to bed and he takes a nap. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and it's in the real time. It's uh, four and a half hours. Okay. And uh, I love yeah. that. It was, uh, yeah, it was going to be, it was, it, for me. Sounds like was, classic Cooper. It was, was going to be a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That but was my life. Was, you know, that was my home life with my husband. Mm, that does sound really nice. It was. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. This is the one that used to call you Mary Poppins. I only had one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that, that question in. is offensive, Stanley Kubrick. How yeah. dare you? I can't. Oh, wow. Sorry. Sorry. That it was the my entire whatever <laughs> I was saying earlier. That was the thing that offended. That was the thing. I can't, I can't save you, but I can save my own story. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yes. Ooh, that's a that's a classic that's really Bronte good. right there. Yeah. I like that. Yes. Uh, now we are quickly running out of time. Uh, so let me uh, finish up by asking you, Charlotte Bronte, uh, about your famous book, Jane Eyre. So 1847. You send in the manuscript for Jane Eyre under your male pseudonym of Currer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, six weeks later, it is published. It becomes a sensation. Uh, one of the innovations of the book, uh, for the time, of course, being that it was written from the first person's perspective of a woman. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So would you be able to describe like the general reaction to that innovation? This is a world mm. where art is never told from the perspective of a woman, and suddenly there's this whole wonderful book. Mm, thank you. Uh, <laughs> wh- wh- how did people respond to that? Um, a lot of men asked it questions. They asked to try the book and shut questions. Her up. <laughs> They tried to get her to stop talking, and I was like, it's written already. You can't stop it. It's there. So these She's men were, going to keep talking. These men were opening up the book. Mm-hmm. They were seeing that it was a woman yes. narrator, yes. and they were saying what, what to the book? As soon as they would catch on that it was a woman, they would say, oh, oh what, uh... Ooh, what, what did you is, what did you write to make uh, it clear that it was a, a woman speaking? It said, "Hi, my name is Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. I'm well, a you woman." Know, but Jane is like you said, Lindsay Shirley. It could be a guy's name. No, what? well, the 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 full first line of the story 
is, Hello, my name is Jane Eyre. I'm a woman. And I'm here to tell you the story of my woman life. <laughs> yeah, well, I can see how it could be a little, it could be a little ambiguous. Yeah, that kind of tips you off, I think. Oh, okay. well, so, yeah, what were some of the things that the men would say to the book to try oh, to get to shut up? Oh, they, they, would, they would really throw questions at, at her. Uh, they would say, what's your favorite story? Um, and then they would realize that was in, inviting a conversation. So they would change that to, um, what are three things about uh, horses that you don't think I know? <laughs> And that was a trap because was that a whoa? That was a bit. That was that a question that people that threw was to a trick common people one. No, if I what's, if what's I, the answer? Oh, what is the answer? Well, to it changed. It changed from person to person. Oh, that's right. So, um, horses, uh, horses, uh, they fight with mirrors. You know, they fight <laughs> reflections of themselves, um, and they love classical chamber music. Mm, okay. And um, they actually don't like carrots. Uh, and the reason you can get a horse to run by dangling a carrot in front of it is so it can fight the carrot. Oh, because they hate the carrots. They, they want to fight the carrot. The carrots remind them of their reflections. Now, when you were writing, mm. and uh, a man would catch you writing, they mm. would just say, "Stop that!" Sometimes did did men mm -hmm. sometimes just yell "Stop that!" into their book? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. interesting. And um, if they got very cross, uh, they would make the book pray. <laughs> I see. Uh, that is very interesting. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, Stanley Kubrick and Charlotte Bronte, for joining me in the studio today. Thank you. Uh, my last question I always ask, I know it's a little weird, but do either of you have any, like, uh, comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you're really big fans of that you just want to tell people about? Uh, Stanley Kubrick, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, yeah, you can uh, catch one of my favorite uh, improv teams at the Magnet Theater in uh, New York City uh, every Wednesday at 8. team's name is Metal Boy. Also, um, uh, I, I'm really getting into this uh, YouTube series. Uh, Pat May plays video games and does improv. You can see that at uh, Video Games Improv. Um, yep, sounds wonderful. Come check that out. And uh, Charlotte Bronte, anything you want to tell people about? Yes, I like a woman named Carly Minardo. She's a, an artist, and uh, she writes on Twitter at um, at Whirring Blender, and you can tell that she prays. And you can tell that she prays, so you know she's a good woman. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. You can go and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. I would love it if you are listening to this on the radio. You find the podcast version of Famous Dead People, and you can listen to all the old episodes. You can rate. You, should, you can subscribe. You can tell all your friends about it. Um, also, you got to come check out my improv team, Junior Varsity. Uh, we are retiring at the end of January 2019. So if you want to come check out one of our last shows, that will be every Thursday at 7 p.m. in January at the Magnet Theater. If you have any questions that you want to ask, your favorite dead person, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We will try to have them on as soon as we can. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people, famous dead people.